everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UJ Sports Live. My name is Rodney Nabulsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Donnan, the former Georgia head coach, the Hall of Famer himself. The reason you are tuned into this show is to hear what Coach has to say about uh, last week's game and this week's game, and, of course, to answer your questions. So if you have questions, drop them into the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube or you're watching this on Facebook. Either one will uh, try to get to it. We, of course, we uh, – Take questions on the dog vent at ugasports.com. This is a ugasports.com production. So we ask uh, the folks there or, or we put up a note saying, hey, if you have questions, send them in. And, of course, we give preference to our subscribers first because, you know, they pay our salary. So we have to take care of them. But uh, if you're watching this, you're not a subscriber to ugasports.com, hey, come join us. If not, uh, we appreciate you watching. It, it means a lot to us. And if we will try to get to your questions, if you'll put them in the comment section there. Also, if you would share this with your friends and family, it would mean the world to us. It helps us with our YouTube channel and it helps us with our Facebook page. I'm coming to you live from Classic City Eats in Watkinsville on the Greensboro Highway, just south of uh, or maybe West. Wherever I'm at, I'm pretty sure it's uh, close to downtown Watkinsville. And uh, they've got the game room here. They've got a new ice cream thing, and they've got new pizzas and calzones. I'll show you the calzone they just dropped in front of me here in a second. It looks phenomenal. But, Coach, talk about dining. I want to kind of dig into this uh, Georgia game against Kent State. Uh, I know we got to look forward to Missouri, but a lot of people looking back at that, the Kent State game, and I will say that you were prophetic. When you talked about this game last week, you basically told everybody to – Slow your roll, pump the brakes, slow the hell down. Everybody after week three was saying that this Georgia team is better than last year's team. And you're like, no, that's not true. And you probably took some hell for it, but you were prophetic. You pointed out that there are some issues that uh, had not really – you'd seen them, but they hadn't cost Georgia yet. And, of course, Georgia you know, beats Kent State pretty easily. But the point being, there were some issues there that uh, Kirby was trying to warn people about, saying, look, you know, they, we've got some – we have some warts, in other words, is kind of what Kirby was saying, and you pointed that out. And I kind of want to get your overall thoughts, now that you've had a day or two, to digest the Kent State game. Yeah, the way I would say it, you know, when, when I played tennis and I beat a guy that I'm supposed to beat, and I beat him 6'3", 6'3", and don't beat him 6'0", 6'0", then what's everybody saying? That guy actually won some points off of me. I'm just telling you that that's the way college football is right now. Uh, these guys give scholarships. They got transfers. Uh, they got a quarterback that could probably play for most teams in our league, at least uh, the, the lower echelon teams, which there's a lot of lower echelon teams in the league, in my opinion. So uh, it, it's just a case of uh, – Comparing our team to last year is poppycock because that's a generational team that had so many players on it are still that are already playing in the league. So I don't get too caught up in that, but I do feel like that there's going to be every time you play eleven on eleven, there's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be a misfit on a on a play, and uh, you know you get a one on one situation and one guy gets blocked and there's nobody there to help, and you give up big plays. So. But offensive efficiency was good. We had two turnovers on offense that one was a little bit of an underthrow. I don't know if the receiver should have broke, broke it across or not. But uh, I just want to point this out here. Tom Brady, the best player ever to play football, cerebral everything, he, he gets caught for a delay of game penalty on a two-point play, which would have put him for a tie. So – Come on, these things happen. You, <laughs> you can't you can't go out there and play 100. percent But I, I will kind of just kind of make this point clear. Even if we play 100, percent we play the best we've ever played. We're not as good as we were on defense last year. We just don't have that many guys that are dominant at this point. And our most dominant player hasn't played the last two weeks with about two plays on defense. So, you know, I said chill your jets or pump the brakes. You're okay. We're going to win some games. going to be tight fits. I'm just telling you. His quarterback can't keep playing on the level he's playing. I mean, he's thrown 18 passes to Brock Bowers and 15 of them have been caught. He's thrown 10 to Washington and seven have been caught. I mean, you just can't expect that kind of level all the time. I know everybody would like to see it, but the next couple of weeks, three weeks probably, we're going to be at the same kind of competition, really. And uh, 
they're, they're going to make some plays. And uh, I don't know if Missouri's as good as Kent. I don't know if Auburn's as good as Kent. We'll just have to see. I know they don't either one of them have a quarterback like Kent State. So uh, that's enough for this diatribe. But let's just talk about particular questions that people have, and uh, I'll try to answer them. But you go back since Kirby's been here, 2016, the first year, this defense right now is not one of our better defenses at this point just because they're young, they're developing. Uh, we lost a player to a DUI this week. They're going to have to really manufacture uh, some kind of defensive structure to make up for that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of peaks and some valleys. So uh, I, I still feel like we're, we're going to be double-digit favorite in every game that we play. So what's wrong with that? Coach, I'm glad you brought up that Tom Brady two-point conversion delay of game because I thought about you when that happened because I, I've been sitting beside you on these shows for four years now, and you've always talked about the importance of the quarterback getting everyone lined up in the correct spot. And when I saw Tom Brady, the guy that has played more quarterback than anyone ever, <laughs> when I saw him because of the skill guys being gone that he's used to, because of so many new faces and new places on that offense, have trouble getting them where they needed to be. It clicked like it never has that that's what coach is talking about when he says quarterback getting the guys in the right spot. And Stetson Bennett's kind of like that for Georgia, and his skill guys have some experience. But to see it on that level, it was surprising. Well, here's the other thing. They knew the rest of the quarter, starting the fourth quarter, that they were going to have to go for two. I mean, even anybody that was in the concession stand that was drunk would have known they got to go for two. And they were slow getting it in. They weren't just they weren't decisive. And anytime you have an indecisive call, never have a lot of motion and shifting on it because that adds to the indecisiveness of it. So they learned a valuable lesson on that, and hopefully a lot of teams around the country did too. But it's hard enough to make one from the two-yard line, but from the seven. Uh, so uh, but that's not that's not our issue. But the issue is the fact that football is a game of, of miscues, uh, poor execution, things like that. We're executing at a phenomenal rate right now on offense. Lack of penalties, lack of lining up wrong. Uh, everything's just going really good. Didn't punt. I mean – I can't remember many games when team didn't punt, but well, we didn't punt in the whole game. And you can say, well, we had two turnovers. Good God, we hadn't had a turnover all year. I mean, the the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, law of averages are going to catch up with you after that that many games without a turnover. So uh, hopefully everybody's kind of like in the same vibe with me. Hey, we got a good team. Let's enjoy it. We got some warts, man. Uh, I don't know how to cure those warts right now. I don't know if you're going to put in some kind of liquid on it. Or like this old woman used to tell me, don't look at that wart for two weeks and it'll go away. So, But we got to look at some of these things here. We got an issue at, at Star right now. We got an issue that, that our one corner is not as good as the other, but he's good. But you're not going to attack Ringo. I mean, why would you go after him? So uh, – and inside interior line, they're licking their chops when Carter's not there just because they're not getting pounded. So uh, we we had some issues at guard. Guy missed a block. So what? You're going to miss a block. I mean, that you just can't make every play. I mean, you got a, a baseball player. If you get one hit every three times at bat, you're, you're in the World Series. So uh, I, I got enough of this. Let's, let's just get on with it, man. Well, yeah. Um... Let's let's phrase it a different way, Coach. Uh, to me, I think when we're looking at it, uh, what can be fixed and what cannot be. When you talk about Georgia not punting at all, that's phenomenal. You turned the ball over a couple times, uh, had three turnovers for the first time in all year. Uh, Lad McConkey just had a uncharacteristic day for him, and he was that still the not- team's leading receiver, so he had a couple and bad plays. The other thing yeah. about the turnover that one of them didn't hurt us at all. It happened on the eight yard line. I know. I mean. I'm just saying that there still is three, so we'll talk about the numbers. Two turnovers. Yeah, so you had something that you hadn't seen before. You had a a missed block. I get it. There are things that are 
I don't say are easily correctable, but are correctable. You know, it's uh, Lad McConkey is not going to have a game like that again. I don't, I don't ever see that happening. Uh, to me, when you were saying, "Hey, let's," this team isn't last year's team. I think that's when you can go back to the personnel. Go back to the defensive interior last year. You had Trayvon Walker, the number one player in the NFL draft. You had Jordan Davis. You know, who's how many have we seen like him before? And Devontae White, the quietest first-round draft pick in the history of Georgia football. No one ever talked about the guy. Everybody um, knows. Everybody knows that. You're right. I, mean, I know, but I'm saying that's three guys besides you know Jalen Carter who are on that defensive front. And I'm not taking a shot at Zion Logue or Tyrion Ingrams Dawkins or uh, Nazir Stackhouse or Bill Norton or Tremel Walther, but they're not those guys. So this team is not going to be as good as last year's team, and you're going to have some of these plays. But I think. Uh, not having Carter out there. Now, all of a sudden, you have four first-rounders not on the team on that defense. So, yeah, it's going to – you'll see a little teams getting some chinks and chunks. But I think that Kirby nailed it pretty much when he said, you know, in the post game, he's like, well, you know, here we have some correctable issues. And I think as Georgia corrects them, it's only game four. That, uh, yeah, I think the games will be a little bit closer than last year, but I, I agree with you 100% that I still see them as being double-digit favorites the rest of the way and just uh, – as these guys get more experience, as Kamari Laster gets more experience, as Malachi Starks gets more experience, you know, we do have we do have we do have correctable technique, yeah. but we don't we're not going to be able to trade for any players. That guy, that, that's what I was trying to say. He summed it up in two seconds. You just, hope, you just hope that these guys play within the framework and play better because of the supporting cast. Those inside guys will be better with Carter taking up two people. Uh, yeah. The, the uh, wide receiver core will be better with um, with our uh, if all of a sudden Ad Mitchell is out there and a real deep threat at X, you know, beside the guys going down the middle. So uh, those are those are more personnel situations. But let's just, I mean, put it on the internet. We're not as good. I, I, we can't be. You know, everybody that thinks we're as good. Very good. We're good. We're good. We're number one in the country right now. I mean, I wouldn't trade our team. Ohio State, maybe what I've seen them, you know, their defense is very improving. They got skill level guys that are, you know, just really unbelievable. But uh, who knows? But it's too early to compare. I don't think it's right to even vote for top 25 until after October. So a lot of things are going to happen. But the thing that we'll have is our guys will get better because they practice against each other. And the, the thing that's going to help our team, like I've always told every team I ever coach, you got some strengths, you got some things that aren't quite as good, and you got some weaknesses. But we're all going on the same plane. We're all going on the same buses. Each one's going to augment each other. The defense is going to play better because the offense is going to play up to its level, and you're going to have to be catching up with us all the time so you can play more situational stuff. So it was a good game to to, to see what we how we handle a little adversity there. You know, I thought we did pretty well. The first turnover, we, we kept them to a field goal. Uh, it, it was a good game uh, to be challenged a little bit. Let's just make this point vividly clear. This MAC team has won 10 straight games at home. The last two years, they haven't lost a game at all. Now, everybody can talk about the MAC any way you want to, but they've got some good players, and I figure like they'll win it again this year. Um, they're better than Vanderbilt. They're better than Missouri. They're better than South Carolina. I don't know who else, but it, my, at this point, when you say that, both of you guys? Absolutely. I love that quarterback. They would play Auburn to a standstill. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, anybody, anybody. No, Auburn's not going to score. I mean, maybe Auburn too. So, uh, so let's let's go on with some of these questions now. I mean, we everybody. I mean, I'm not. Well, I, 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 let me uh, want to come back around to the fact that when Georgia was out there, I, I sorry, I just want to address the idea that they they came out flat, coach, and uh, I don't think that that's a. I just don't think that's a fair accusation when you go up against a good team. It's it's always the default knee jerk thing is like, oh, they, they didn't they didn't try. Oh, yeah, I wasn't ready for these guys. Let me tell you something. Kirby brought that up, uh, and he felt like we practiced good all week. And I've said this on the show over how long we've been. If you're playing a team that you're expected to beat, 
if you prepare well, then you're going to play okay. We didn't prepare that great against Sanford. There's no question about it. We just beat the dog out of Oregon, all that. And it looked like it. I mean, we're kind of shoddy. But this game here, uh, we weren't – we weren't uh, we didn't flip-flop around. We made some plays. I mean, you, you got a you tight end run 75 yards on a play. <laughs> Guys touched the ball like five five times on runs and scored three touchdowns. You should have had a touchdown pass on that one. Yeah, that's that was a tough one. Uh, I also want to address some of the guys that were out. We talked about Jalen Carter being out. A.D. Mitchell wasn't in the game. Aaron Smith wasn't out there. Uh, I think Aaron Smith will probably get in against Missouri. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, I don't see him as being back this week, Coach. I think he'll be back for Auburn. But getting some of those star players back, and, I, you know, uh, there was a big scare when uh, Kenny McIntosh took the uh, was taken out. But apparently we, we – Spoke to him yesterday. He says he's going to be fine. So the thing about that kind of injury, when you have a quad injury, it's just it's a lingering thing, and so much mass and tissue there, it's hard to, for it to uh, heal because you keep getting it pounded on. And uh, I think they'll be real careful with him all week, and he should be ready by the game. But it, it's not going to be a thing that's going to go away right away. I mean, you, you got to rest it a little bit. So, uh, but. How about Kenny McIntosh? I think he's been targeted 23 times or 25 times. He called 23 passes. I mean, unreal. Lights out. Uh, Georgia did have some bad news on Sunday. Javon Bullard was arrested for DUI. Apparently was uh, about to drive down the wrong uh, direction in a car. Uh, Kirby Smart said it would be handled internally. I asked him what that meant. He said, well, you know, we have a process we have to go through. And they do. They uh, It goes to the uh, – higher ups at the end of the athletic association, but coach, I, I, I think he'll be suspended for at least one game. I mean, I do not expect yeah, to see him yeah, play this yeah. week. So yeah. when you say the higher ups, they got 480 some athletes in the university here and they have a committee because this happens in other sports too, and they won't be consistent on it. So anything that happens from a, um, somebody being arrested or, or, you know, something happened as far as the honor code or whatever it might be, has to go before this committee and they have a standard for the early, for the first uh, transaction and then it keeps on moving up. So it's the only fair way to do it. So every sports street is the same. Yeah. And it used to be if you were, before they changed the UJ student athlete handbook, uh, an arrest was an automatic uh, 10 or 20% suspension from yeah, from the season. And, uh, there were no mitigating circumstances. There was no, you know, hey, let's read the report. It was just automatic. Now they actually have this committee that can uh, weigh in on it. And, hey, they can make it – they can have the recommendation. They can make it lesser or they can make it more severe depending on the cases. But from what I've heard, it's going to be a one-game suspension. So, Coach, what does Georgia do now going into Missouri if you don't have Javon Bullard, who's just been an absolute great player for you at Star? He's good against the run. He's good in coverage. Uh, now you've right. got to rotate some guys around, and William Poole is not on the team anymore, and that was your kind of other star guy. So, what do you do? Here's what you do first: you got Tyke Smith, who had tons of reps. He's he's working hard to get his leg back to what it used to be, coming off ACL, and he's got experience. Uh, Chris Smith can move into that position like he did against Tennessee, and we put Jackson back there for him. So you got Jackson Starks and Chris Smith. Uh, I think that would be something. Uh, another thing would be looking a bigger guy like we had Anderson last year on early downs, play the star position where he can move out and play some type of zone coverage and and, and knock the guy off his route and still play the run. Uh, a guy like Darius Smith looks athletic enough the way I see him covering picks and everything. I don't know if he would if they would look at him like that, but he's an Anderson type looking guy. Uh, then you've got some other guys on the team, Washington. Uh, they, you know, they'll, they'll be looking to cross-train some guys. Maybe Nylon Green's coming back out, off of his uh, hamstring this week. Uh, we'll see if he can, can uh, get back in the lineup some as a backup. If he did that, then maybe one of those other corners could play, maybe Everett or somebody like that. So they'll, they'll look at all those guys. And 
I know Dane's going over there and trying out for it too. So he- <laughs> they don't want that. I promise you that. I do want to say this about Bullard though, because I, I met him before the season started. He's from Milledgeville. Uh, I'm from Dublin. So we kind of connected on that in a brief conversation. And look, no one wants to be known. They don't want the reputation known for their worst mistakes. And this was an idiotic decision that he made. Uh, it's something that was dangerous. It's something that should not happen. He does deserves all the discipline for it, but it doesn't mean that he's a bad guy. I'm glad that no one got injured. I'm glad no one got hurt, but that doesn't make the decision less dumb. I hope people don't try to ascribe something to his character based off of a horrible mistake. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to do it. Um, he needs to be disciplined just like anybody would be for something like that. You got no, uh, uh, I know this that in 50 some years that I was, I've dealt with, with athletics, uh, the number one issue on college campuses is alcohol. I don't care what level, that's the number one issue. And you see it with the non athletes a lot more than you do the athletes, but those athletes got to play, but, uh, it's a terrible situation on these campuses and nobody's really doing much about it. Uh, not a, it has been a long time issue. I mean, people act like it's uh, new and I'm like, no, uh, it's there in the nineties. I mean, I, I was, I remember being part of the athletic association in 93 and this stuff came down under a myriad of different coaches, a myriad of different circumstances. And they're like, well, let's make the uh, uh, penalties harder, harsher, you know, like, you can do that. You're still going to have it. I, I, not to uh, say it's okay. I'm just saying it's uh, – everyone thinks I'm, it's not going to happen to me, and especially young guys, you know, you just don't realize how bad it is. I mean, I'm just glad there wasn't social media around when I was in college. I'm just telling you. All right, if you want to make a good decision, though. You could do a poll here, and everybody would – if they didn't tell the truth, they would get slashed on the wrist. Uh, how many people have kids in college that have a fake ID? Yeah. My boy does. Well, I'd beat him up, but he's bigger than me now. So, damn. <laughs> <laughs> take, take away his car or something. You say, yes, sir. <laughs> That's a good idea, buddy. <laughs> just, just don't do anything stupid. Uh, luckily, I had, a, I had a friend with a good ID, so he'd go get pictures, and that took care of us. Anyway, if you want to make a good decision instead of a bad decision, let's talk about our friends at Prime Shrimp. Uh, this is a fantastic company out of New Orleans. It's an exceptional shrimp made very, very simply. You just basically um, – you don't have to thaw anything. There's no mess. There's no fuss. It's a gourmet shrimp dish that you basically take straight from the frozen, you know, take it out of your freezer, and then it's done in less than 10 minutes. So it's a, it's a family-owned company. It's been peeling shrimp in New Orleans since the 1940s, so they've been around. And all you basically do is you um, you order online at primeshrimp.com. There's, you don't you can't get this at Publix or Kroger or something like that. Just go to primeshrimp.com, and it gets shipped straight to your door on uh, dry ice. In just a few days so uh it comes in it's still frozen and then basically all you do is you take the pouch out of the uh you know packet and it's pre-seasoned or pre-sauced shrimp and you drop it straight into boiling water and you're done you take it out in like four minutes cut the bag open if you can do boiling bag rice you know the, remember the old minute rice that we had in college and stuff like that it's the same concept but it's phenomenal fantastic shrimp so hit up our friends at prime shrimp they're a sponsor of our uh, podcast here Use promo code UGA Sports and you get $20 off your first order. So that's basically a free pack of shrimp. So buy two, buy one, and basically get one free. So hit up our friends at primeshrimp.com when you get a chance. Also, want to mention our friends over at um, uh, Athens Ford. Uh, they, they're sponsored not only our website. So if you're a UGA Sports member, you can tell them thanks. Uh, they also sponsor our watch long show on Saturdays. And uh, they have a ton of cars on the lot. You need to swing by there, check them out. And if you want to order some of the vehicles that you're having a hard time seeing anywhere. Now, granted, Athens Ford has a lot of them a lot. But if you want the Ford Bronco, if you want an F-150 or 250, the 250s are kind of tougher to get. Uh, you know, you can actually go through and customize what you want. You can do it online. Say, look, I want this car with this package, with this color, with you know, these features. Just order it online. It's very, very simple. And, of course, it's going to come anything you get from them comes with a lifetime powertrain warning. So I've actually had some people say, well, there's a Ford dealer down here, you know, closer to me. Uh, does that help you guys out if I buy it from them? I'm like, yeah, if you get a vehicle, great, fantastic. But I'd rather you go to Athens Ford, tell them that you heard about them on UJSports.com's podcast, 
let Brian Clover, the folks over there, know about it. But it also benefits you in that not all the Ford dealerships offer the lifetime powertrain warranty that Athens Ford does. So be sure to hit up Athens Ford, get that warranty, get that peace of mind on a very big purchase. You know, know that you're going to get a great return on your investment there by going to Athens Ford. Coach, every week on Film Don't Lie, Brent Rollins and I pick a play of the game. And I kind of want to bring you in the discussion that we ended up having on this and see if this caught your eye, too. I, obviously, the play of the game is when you have Brock Bowers and he goes 75 yards. <laughs> Not many teams have someone like that that can do that. But in the fourth quarter, when Kent State had momentum, it's a 10-point game. They had just had this long drive down the field. Georgia comes up on offense with a third and six. And in past years... I would have thought that you get Stetson Bennett on the run. You do some kind of rollout with some routes that he can throw to. But Georgia did a drop back pass to Dominic Blaylock. And they get the first down and essentially ice the game from there. Did that play stick out to you like it did me or am I making too much about this? Well, it was very big because you want to keep the ball away from them. Um, anytime you're in a two-score game, it always worries you, whoever you're against. But um, we – tend to do more dropbacks this year than with, with Stetson than I thought we would. But uh, at the same time, you condense the field when you roll out too. So, but the one thing about throwing to Don Blaylock, that's money in the bank. He's never missed a pass. He's never dropped a pass since he's been here. Neither has Pickens, but Pickens isn't here anymore. But uh, I, I really think he deserves to play a little more, but it's hard to, play when you got other guys out, out there and Kiaris is looking at the same thing, trying to get in there. But uh, we got a lot of mouths to feed, uh, certainly, as far as getting the ball to these different people. But uh, we've been very good on third down efficiency, and uh, that was probably a play of the game just because you kept the ball and went ahead and put them away. But I think it's great that he ran the proper route, got the depth, and uh, turned around and came back and got the ball. As we mentioned, when the ball's halfway there, you got to come back and get it to keep a guy off your back. That's what Brock Bowers didn't do when he was interfered with uh, down the goal line. He should have come back a little more, but we're not going to fire him on that. He's really an outstanding player. Oh, I'm glad he doesn't get cut based on that. Uh, let's do a little bit of a Missouri preview, Coach, because as we were doing the watch-along show for Georgia and Kent State, halfway through the fourth quarter, neither Missouri or Auburn had more than 200 total yards. I don't think either was passing much either. From the little bit that we've seen of Missouri, what should people know about them beyond Luther Burden, which I think a lot of the recruitniks knew him? Well, defensively, the guy, as usual, Missouri always has some big old boys up front. Uh, they had a lot of guys drafted when Pinkle was the coach. Uh, they they got some big farm kids in the state, and they, they've gotten they really do a good job uh, of playing technique, and they're they're tough to physical to run on. Linebackers are okay. The back end has been uh, really bad for them. They've had a lot of trouble defending the pass. Of course, Auburn can't throw the ball at all, so uh, they didn't have to worry about it. But Abilene Christian, Kansas State. Uh, Louisiana Tech, I mean, all these teams threw the ball on them. So uh, we'll have some success doing that. Offensively, you know, their quarterback tr uh, transferred and uh, they've got a new guy in there who's kind of workmanlike right now. they got another running back that's pretty solid. Unfortunately, he fumbled there on the last play of the game in the overtime or they would have won that. But uh, this is a team that's struggling for identity, uh, to me, you kind of loop them in the same framework with uh, Vanderbilt and South Carolina in our division. I don't know how good Auburn is. Uh, it's pretty obvious they didn't beat them very badly. So uh, it's a lower-tier team, but we're playing on the road. First time we're going to sit around all day, wait for a game. I, I hate doing that. And you're going to be out there uh, knowing that you're not going to get home until 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. So – uh, it's one of those games you just got to go out there and do your job. We've done that pretty well the last two times we've been out there. The first time, Eason had to make a big play there to uh, Isaiah McKenzie to win the game. But the uh, last time we were out there, uh, Stevenson, uh, I, I mean, uh, Campbell, I think, intercepted a fumble or something and it turned the game around. Plus, we blocked the punt. Uh, our, our kicking game, our block group is really good. So uh, hopefully we can keep that up. Didn't Eric Stokes score on that? 
Yeah, I think Eric Stokes did. Both he and Cam Tyson Cameron did. Again, some really good players there. Coach, going look at talking about the uh, mentality of these teams when you're you lost a game the way Missouri did. I mean, they should have won it twice. It just ripped away from them. I kind of got rich there. And then Georgia has a game where a lot of its players, I mean, they they won handily, but Kirby could probably go down the you know in the film room and point to everybody and say, "Here's where you made a mistake. Let's get it cleaned up by next week." What are the mentalities for these two teams coming into this week? I mean, is, is Missouri feeling uh, well from Missouri broken, or are they really ticked yeah. off? And they come from come Missouri standpoint, they got to say, "Well, we got a chance to play the number one team in the country at our place. We got to." got to sell the ranch. You got to take a lot of chances. Just like these teams are faking punts, they got to run reverses, double passes, anything they can to uh, get some juice going. Uh, Drinkwitz is an offensive mastermind prior to coming to Missouri, but their their offense have been kind of pedestrian out there since he's been there. But maybe they can manufacture something. But uh, as as far as our guys. Uh, they know what they're going to get every week. They're going to have to go out there every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and prove themselves. That's just the mentality they got here. And uh, I got the vibe compared to what you're transcribing here from our fans or or what you're saying, that Kirby was, was a lot more pleased with our team than maybe the fans are. He was. So, uh, what we'll have to see is uh, as we go forward uh, – you know, how much we uh, make up for some of those mistakes we made. But I sure hope we can keep playing like we have. I think we've been playing pretty dang good. Hey, I, you'd rather be that than what Missouri's dealing with, where uh, Missouri and Auburn tried to give that game to each other about five <laughs> different times. And you know, I, I don't, I don't want to you take it. How do you miss that chip yeah, shot all field goal all at the end? People, all those people saying, we're to show me state, but show me something. We're not showing you anything, really. Uh, um I know they got some capable players. And of course, Luther Burden is a guy we recruited that didn't even get a touch last week except on a punt. So I'm sure they'll find a way to get into the ball some. And, uh, you know, we, we can't shut these da- teams down cold. It's just not going to happen. Nobody does that. So, uh, and we, we got to be our, make sure we're not our own worst enemy and start getting penalties and turnovers and, and slopping around, but I, I've been amazed with our efficiency, the way we look as a team, because we run a myriad of formations and shifts and all. We just look like a team on the offense. I mean, execution is just, as an old coach, I like our execution. I think it's almost flawless the way we're handling, handling the ball and faking and, and doing things. And of course, we miss some blocks, but blocking on the perimeter is pretty good. And You've got an extra weapon there. I don't. I don't think people really take into account the the width and the uh, of Darnell with his wingspan and his height. Uh, it's one thing to say, "Hey, take the block on." Okay, coach, I'm taking it on. This guy's almost six eight, weighs two hundred seventy pounds, and his arms look like Wilt Chamberlain's. So how am I supposed to get off a block? I mean, he's a perfect tight end tackle type you know what I mean it's like having another tackle that's just hard to get around and uh, he's playing with a lot of passion too he's really enjoying it he's gotten in good shape he was not back last year early with the, when you got to think about maximizing your potential and being in shape he has a terrible injury on his foot which is hard to get in shape when you can't run and uh, it just bothered him all year and then he hurt it again in the spring, but his conditioning starting to really look good. And uh, I think he's going to be a real force down the stretch. I'd like to feed him. I actually put that in my title there on the, on his calls. Like, uh, I mean, on the shows, like feed Darnell. I want to see him get the ball. Uh, you saw him jumping up and down on that 75 yard run by Brock Bowers. Uh, Brent Rollins put out the little video clip of it. I mean, and we called it on the show on the watch along show. The minute uh, Brock took the corner, Darnell knew it was a touchdown, even though, you know, there's, Guys who had an angle on Brock, but he's you know, Darnell's seen the speed and practice, and he's he reminds me of that Lane Kiffin putting his hands up the minute the ball snapped because he knows it's a touchdown. Yeah. That was uh, Darnell's jumping up and down like a big kid right. out there. So that is a guy who could be very 
uh, I don't say selfish, but very frustrated that he's not getting all those passes that uh, Brock Bowers is, but he's loving it. And we spoke to Marcus Roseby Jack Saint yesterday, and it's funny, almost all the questions, not all, but a lot of the questions were about downfield blocking. And remember, Marcus Roseby Jack Saint is a, he's played more snaps than wide receiver last week than anybody else. But what you're talking about, coaches, when you see uh, the you know, Kiris Jackson Velcro to a guy and Marcus Roseby Jack Saint Velcro to a guy and Darnell Washington just with these edge blocks, devastating edge blocks. And they, this team is beating people up on offense. They look like jerks almost. You know, they're just whacking guys downfield, which are springing the runs and springing the longer passes. And this has been a very explosive offense to this, to this point. And again, even you didn't punt last week. That's just, That's I what can't get over that. Do. I mean, I mean, it's supposed to block on the but I mean, we, we got to talk about the different things. But I really think we can be an outstanding inside zone team too with our big three up the middle there. I think we're going to see a lot more as we get these teams spread out trying to stop our perimeter. I think we're going to gash some people inside with uh, with that type of philosophy because they got to be careful about uh, about uh, Stetson keeping the ball, and they're worried about the play action off of it. There's just a lot of things to, to get get stopped. But um, one thing I always felt about if you're playing against a team that, that's got so many different weapons, you can't stop everything. You just got to try to take away somebody and hope that they stop themselves, hope that they uh, – that's when people played us in the wishbone, hope that we get a penalty on first down or that we – fumble the exchange or, you know, get behind the sticks. I mean, stopping yourself helps defense more than the defense stopping you. I think that that's what you got to count on when you're out match. Good point. Uh, I was talking about inside zone, Coach. I'm going to talk about the little inside zone here. Why don't you zoom in on that? They got new calzones out here at Classic City Eats. got to try that one. Oops. Yeah, it looks pretty good. What's in it? That one is – that's the meat calzone. So, so just put all, all right. the meat in there that you can find. So we're going to get a shot of that. Uh, I did want to ask you about the run game because there's a lot of questions about it. And uh, one of them came from uh, – uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> appropriately enough, run the damn ball. That's his handle on uh, YouTube – excuse me, on uh, Facebook. It says, uh, why have we gone away from the traditional run game? Is it a uh, – is it part of the new scheme or the trajectory of the game? I like the use trajectory. Uh, so, Coach, we're going to talk about the running game. There's, Kirby was pretty happy with it. And if you look at the efficiency, there seems to be a lot of narratives about, you know, there are a lot of people questioning Kendall Milton's running style and stuff like that. But Kirby seemed quite happy with it. And, you know, Georgia seems to have a pretty decent. But if you go by just the stats, the numbers aren't what they've seen in the past. But – I don't think we have an accurate assessment of the numbers because what we consider a run, yeah. you know, or I mean, what Kirby considers a run, some people consider a pass because it's a two-foot pop pass. So give me your overall thoughts on the run game real quick before we hit a commercial. Well, we've got more yardage rushing than we did last year at this time, so I don't know what will be. That seems want, good. But, but uh, the, biggest, the biggest thing is philosophically you, you've got to – guy with a pro background calling the plays, he likes to throw the ball. I mean, he's got a choice between – and he said that when he had his interview, the one that he had for the season. And, you know, if he's got a choice, he'd rather throw it. And uh, players like throwing it. Uh, fans like throwing it until you until you throw it and don't run it. Now they're worried about why we don't <laughs> run it. Uh, I'm not talking about him, but I think we, we have a tendency if it's 50-50 – we have at this point we're going to throw it more than we're going to run it. So we got a lot of weapons out there, and uh, that's just a philosophical thing right now. I think it's just we're trying to take advantage of these skill guys we got, and uh, we got good backs, and they're they're capable of it. But um, they're going to have to develop to be first round draft choices like Swift and uh, Chubb and some of those guys. So they just move it around and. And, and some of our passes that, that look like passes are actually runs because they're behind the line of scrimmage type deal. So uh, I'd say a little bit of philosophical, a little bit more geared towards the, the players that we got. And the game itself lends itself to spreading people out and getting one-on-one. That's the way Tennessee's playing. 
That's the way Kent State played the other day. It's a one-on-one game out there. That's so. That's a good answer to the question, uh, Dave. If you would, I want to call up our friends over at uh, Academic Brewing Company because talk about the way things develop and the way things progress. That they're doing some neat stuff at Academic Brewing Company where they actually have a new. Uh, dinner menu coming out with some brand new dishes that uh, I think people can really like. They have a black and blue burger. It's a burger with blue cheese crumbles on top. It looks phenomenal. Uh, I see a new uh, flatbread with a uh, chicken on it. Uh, ribeye steak. That's a new one. So you can go out there and grab a big ribeye. And of course, you know, if you're watching these uh, last few Braves games and you're watching the uh, Monday night football and Thursday night football and Saturday football, of course, swing by our friends at an academic brewing company. They take great care of their clientele. They have fantastic new beers. They have their new Death Ripper 8 out. Uh, they have the Fest beer. You know, they have the beer garden. You know, we're getting right into uh, Oktoberfest is right around the corner. Of course, they're going to have a uh, big anniversary out there. But there's always something going on at Academia Brewing Company. It's fantastic beer, fantastic food, and you need to swing out there when you get a chance because it's just, just everything out there is so well done. And the customer service, customer service has been very tough to find in some places. I can tell you from personal experience, the customer service out there, when you go in, it's it's almost like you're going over to a friend's house. They take great care of you, and they're glad to see you, and they, they just uh, make sure that all your wants are covered. And they do it with premium beer and fantastic food, and it's a great place to watch a game. I also want to mention one of our longtime sponsors over at Dead Soxie. Uh, they... I'm very glad they're with us. They've been around for quite some time now. And everybody that I know that's tried Dead Soxie has just hit, sent me a note saying, hey, you're right. I didn't know why you were selling socks, you know, or why you had a sock company as your sponsor. But I tried them. I, you finally talked me into it. I'm like, see, I was right. And there, let me just tell you, it's a couple of old misgrads who built this company. And they came out and they said, look, we want to make better socks than what are out there. So they make dress socks. They make college-themed socks. You can get Ole Miss socks. You can get Georgia socks. You can get LSU socks. You can get Alabama socks. Uh, so if you have somebody in your office who's a huge LSU fan, you know, you, you feel bad for them. So you get them the good socks and you, you can wear those. Uh, you know, or if uh, uh, Lindsay in accounting, you know, she's a uh, uh, Alabama fan. She's got enough problems to deal with. So get her some uh, get her some of the nice socks there. But uh, they have detailed craftsmanship. They're incredibly soft and uh, they have the true state technology, which means they don't slide down. So if you're, you know, wear them in the office and you're constantly bending down to pick up your socks, you won't have to do that with these. They, they work really great. Plus, they even have athletic socks. So if you need something to work out in, they got you covered. So hit them up. You know, use promo code UGA Sports. Get 25% off your order at DeadSoxy.com. Let's get to some questions from UGASports.com from 1970Dog. What is Jalen Carter's injury, and when will he be back full-time? He's got an ankle injury that uh, is persistent. You know, you put a lot of weight on that with that big guy. And uh, just he just needs rest, but it's hard to rest. Uh, he's he's doing stuff on his own over there with the trainers. And uh, he was ready to go last week, I think, more than he was the week before. But we'll just see. Uh, they'll use him as they, can, as they need him, I think, now. I think he's in pretty good shape, of course. Coming back. Question from MC Jones, 1969, says the defense really showed its youth on Saturday. And, Coach, you've been warning fans to pump the brakes on this year's defense, and it showed why. What do you see Georgia's defense doing to improve eye discipline? Yeah, I think he's, he means uh, a lot of times when you're a young guy, you have a tendency to forget about your technique and follow the ball instead of following your, your key. And, and then consequently something happens and guy gets open that shouldn't be or gap gets open. You got to just trust your friends and trust your technique when whatever defense is called, you got an area you got to take care of. And he's right. Uh, but that that's normal when you're inexperienced. You, you sometimes you, I don't say panic, but sometimes you, you, your reaction is, Hey, I can make this play. I made it in high school and, you get away from where you're supposed to be. And uh, so I discipline is you've got a technique that you're supposed to do. You read your key and stay with it. Don't, don't do something different. So uh, uh, as a young team, uh, if you have one or two guys doing it, you, sometimes you can get away with it. But if a lot of them are doing it, then it's going to catch up with you. But uh, it, it doesn't make any difference how much we improve. 
Uh, we're not going to be as good as we were last year as far as just stoning people because you had 11 guys out there that were better than anybody on the other team. But we don't have that this year at this point, but we're developing. And uh, like I said, what the thing that's going to help us is we're going to be ahead so much that we can call a defense that stops one thing a lot more than we can that stops two. And they're going to be playing from behind. So if they're from – they're behind, they're going to need to be throwing it or running something off the pass, and that's the way we can defend. We don't have to stop both of them. This next question I'm going to pair together. So it's two uh, from D.W. Burnett and from Big Dog. Uh, the first one, Coach, what would you give uh, the O-line in terms of a grade at this point? It seems like they're much better at pass blocking than they are run blocking. Second part of this question Coach, what's your take on the performance of the guards on the offensive line, particularly Tate Ratledge after he missed all of last fall and then recovering from injury in the spring? I would say we're we're better than we've been a long time in pass blocking. We, we don't show a lot of runs to really understand if we're good or not. I mean, dominant, but uh, the times I've watched them uh, in, uh, sparingly, they do a really good job of uh, – attacking people uh, and coming off the ball. So uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, as far as uh, Tate, I mean, he's missed some plays. There's no question about it. But he, he, the rust has gotten off. He's got good leverage on people. And uh, he and Willick and Trust, along with Wilson, give us a good group there. And you got Erickson as well. So uh, he's not overwhelming right now, but I, I do think he's – uh, 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 an SEC type player that you can win with. And I think the whole offensive line is uh, probably among the best in the, in the league and, and among the best in the country. When you add Powers and, uh, and Washington to that group blocking on the, on the edge, uh, I, I don't think you can find a lot more complete line than that one. And I've even liked too what I've seen from Oscar Delt blocking late in games. There's some potential there with him. Yeah, he's aggressive. he's aggressive and he's really taking advantage of Gilbert being out, and uh, I think he'll be okay. Uh, let's get to this from Billy Zane. Uh, so the, the word of the week around Georgia has been adversity, right? Billy Zane says Kirby has repeatedly said he wondered how Georgia would handle adversity, and we saw some Saturday, thankfully, against an overmatched non-Power 5 opponent. Billy Zane's question, Coach, would you ever do anything to manufacture adversity in games, or is it just coincidence that Georgia's worst performances have tended to be against weaker teams? Yeah, I used to tell some of those guys, look, I'll give you $500 if you'll do this against us. No, uh, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't manufacture anything. Uh, it's just uh, – and, and maybe, uh, maybe that has happened some – uh, because we've overlooked people. I don't think we overlooked Kent State. Uh, I thought we played them pretty good. If we hadn't have played good on offense, that would have been a tough game. I mean, you know, 22 points is a lot of points for anybody against us. I mean, you, you look at what it takes to beat us, except for the Alabama game last year, uh, you know, two or three touchdowns would win. So, uh, I think the one thing I would tell Billy – is to me, this is a power five team. Kent State would be among the top 35 or 40 power five teams, in my opinion. Wouldn't you guys say that? I mean, I see some of the quality of teams in some of the power five conferences. Uh, Kent State's better than Virginia Tech. I promise I mean, you that. It's just the point of maybe they're not that would, they're, Maybe they're not that great, but there's not many power five teams after the top 20 or so there. If you put it if you put it that way, I agree with you. I mean, my first thought, just knee jerk reactions, no. But then I, you know, they got West in the middle. That kid was really good on the defensive front. He's a big boy. And they, they played and they played sound. They tackled well. Holy crap! They I mean, they got off blocks. So well, I mean, that was well coached team. Wouldn't you take both you guys take them over South Carolina? I take them over South Carolina and Auburn in a heartbeat. What would yeah. the point spread be? Kent State and Georgia Tech. Can't be favored by eleven and a half. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm just saying that. I'm just the Vegas was, can be wrong. Although yeah. it did nail the. Uh, uh, we were trying to figure out what the uh, line going to be on the Missouri game. 
the first one I've seen was 28. And uh, on the overreaction show, I said 27 and a half. So. A lot of points on the road. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, they're uh, they're a capable team. I mean, we, we're, we're not going to steamroll people and be, uh, win by those big spreads this year. I just don't see it happening. A uh, question from Wales Dog. What is Coach Donnan's biggest concern for the team going forward? Well, you know, from my standpoint, I worry about playing the ball in the air on the one side where we got inexperience over there. Uh, now, all of a sudden, how long is Bullard going to be out? Because the the uh, efficiency of how you play together as a secondary is just not one guy. It's a complete group of covering for guys if it's too deep or man under free safety helping. It takes a lot of cohesion in the secondary to play together. So you take a guy out like your your, uh, your fifth defensive back that not only you know, playing the pass but playing the run. He was dynamite tackling. I mean, really good in space. So uh, that's my Concern and then offense would be our ability to, uh, you know, take care of business on the short yardage and the goal line, uh, doing a little bit better in our efficiency in the red zone. And it's still up in there about a punter. I mean, our punters, I mean, he could have gone to Australia last week and come back and hadn't punt. I mean, the punts does he have on the year? I think four, maybe. I mean, the guy punts more in warm-up than anybody in America, but uh, he, he knows he can't punt during the game, so he punts a lot during the game. That's how he gets his practice. I, I, need, I need pictures of me in my uniform to send back back to Australia. I, I love it. From 83 WR Dog, is Bear Alexander the coach's answer for stopping the run against the meat of the schedule? He's taking snaps from somebody? Question mark. No, I think Bear's size helps him. I mean, you need a big guy in there. And he really has developed on his quickness. You know, last spring he was hurt. He had, a, you know, anytime you have a labrum surgery, it just takes away from your overall demeanor. I mean, you can't walk around and run with your shoulder hurting. I mean, it's just not you can do about it. So uh, it hurts your weight development uh, in the weight room and stuff like that. But, well, he's made some massive improvement between. Reminds me of the way it's not Davis yet, but, you know, that first year Davis was just a, Big old boy from Charlotte, just learning how to get, learn how to handle you, his body. But you can say Chilardo, coach. I know you want to. But he did a good job of working on the scout team and getting, getting his, getting his chops in there. And then the, by the end of the year, we're putting him in there. Uh, I remember we came in in the Vanderbilt game that's first year, and just Vanderbilt saying, "That's not fair to put a guy in there like that." And uh, you know, <laughs> especially when you're kicking the shit out of him, and you put a guy like that in there. But I think Bear certainly has some usage there to be fresh and come in, and uh, he just got to learn the scheme and all. But uh, he's what you're looking for, that's for sure. I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised with Bear. Roddy, we uh, have enough questions. We can do a rapid fire, but I figure we want to yeah. uh, sneak in I, our last break here, right? Yeah, I need to mention our friends over at uh, Your Pie uh, real quickly. I always talk about, hey, it's yeah. – Double points Tuesday on the app, so I'm sure it was kind of got that message. But I do want to tell you something else that uh, your pie does, because we're kind of getting into that holiday season. You got to, you know, I was in Lowe's the other day, and they had all their Halloween stuff up, and the Christmas stuff was going up at the same time. So it was interesting to see all the ghouls and goblins and sketchy faces, and then Santa Claus all in one spot. So point being, we're getting here into the uh, holiday season, and so you're probably going to have some uh, needs for a, a party, a corporate event. Your pie does catering. And so if you're like, hey, we, we're going to have a big uh, event for the office. You know, how do we feed everybody? And you start thinking of some of the other catering spots up there. Hit up your pie if there's a location near you. Uh, they'll, they'll bring out everything that you're going to love. They're going to bring out the hand-tossed pizzas, the uh, fresh salads, the baked pasta, the assorted brownies. And, of course, everything is 100% customizable, if that's a word. So uh, there's a lot. You know, you're busy. you got a lot going on. You know, boss tells you, hey, we need a caterer for this. Hit up our friends at your pie. They'll take care of it, and it's incredibly affordable. So hit them up when you get a chance. And I also want to mention our new sponsor, Andy Ludecki, over at My Perfect Franchise. So if you're one of those people that, you know, you want to kind of diversify your income, let's say you're got uh, you're not really excited about where your industry is going right now, you want a second source of income, hit up Andy Ludecki at My Perfect Franchise because basically he's a franchise coach. He basically says, okay, what do you do? Uh, what experience do you have? What, what would you like to do? 
and he has this encyclopedic knowledge of 3,000 different franchises. So it's not just, hey, because to me, when I thought franchise, I always thought restaurant. But no, there's a tons of other one, options out there. And so if you're trying to come up with a uh, any sort of idea, you know, let the guy who's getting our readers at UGA Sports into new businesses. He's done this for a bunch of people at UGA Sports. They're basically they're trying to get out of the rat race. They want to do something different. And he's like, hey, I got something for you. And they're ecstatic about it. So hit up Andy Ludecki at myperfectfranchise.net. Let him know that uh, you heard about it on UGASports.com, and he will take great care of you. And, again, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. You just need to reach out to him and let him know what you want to do, and he'll put you in touch with the right people. I'm pretty sure the way he gets paid and all that is from the actual franchisee, you know, the people who sell you the franchise or stuff like that. But he knows financing. He knows all this stuff. So hit up Andy Ludecki at My Perfect Franchise and start your new career or your side career today. Let's do rapid fire on these. Roddy, I'm going to stick with you because you mentioned this earlier. So if you'll just reiterate, Birdman asks, what's the real status of A.D. Mitchell and Arian Smith? Do we see either before Florida? Uh, I do not expect to see A.D. Mitchell this week. Uh, Kirby said, you know, we hope to get him back this week. I just don't see it. So I think he'll be back next week for Auburn. But Arian Smith, I think, will actually get it to the game. He did dress out this past week. You know, we had that in our 3 2 1 column, and uh, Aaron, but he didn't go in. Of course, you played your starters most of the game. So, uh, but I'd like to see Arian Smith actually get, get back out there. A phenomenal recovery by Arian Smith from a guy who we thought was not going to be out there. But yeah, so maybe Arian Smith this week and then uh, A.D. Mitchell the week after. From GoDogs1371, Coach, what's your opinion on the next three games and how the schedule sets up leading up to Florida, and talking about Missouri, Auburn, and then Florida? You talking about Vanderbilt before Florida? Oh, yeah. I, I forgot Vandy in there. Sorry. Sorry, Vandy. Leaving out the Commodores. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, basically, it, it's just a take-care-of-business type deal. I mean, you you know you've got to uh, – beat these teams and you got to prepare for them and know that they're going to give you their best shot. But, you know, they're going to need a lot of help from us to really be the kind of team that can compete against us. But that happens. I mean, like I said last week, if we hadn't have been so sharp on offense, three turnovers, most times you're going to lose. So uh, I feel like just got to take care of business. There's going to be some tip balls. There's going to be some, uh, you know, just like the other day, uh, Atlanta's running out the clock and hands the ball to a guy and he drops it. And and all of a sudden, Seattle's got a chance to come back. So uh, the guy didn't drop it on purpose. I mean, I don't know if it was a read play or what, but stuff like that happens. We're gonna, they're going to need an inordinate amount of miscues by us to be in the game the next three. From Bulldog Ben, Coach, can you teach vision to a tailback? In high school, we were taught that – what to do up to the line of scrimmage, but beyond that, that it's God gifted. What do you, what do you think? Good question. I think first of all, you estimate the defensive intent. Uh, I always say that look from, from the way when you break the huddle, look what they're lined up in and, and what they can do from where you start out. Now, if they go somewhere else, you got to go on and make the adjustment. But uh, starting out, my landmark's going to be, at the uh, inside thigh guard of the, the defensive end, or it might be the outside shoulder pad of the defensive tackle. But you have a landmark where you're going to open, crossover, plant. That's be the tailback's move. And you, you know you can't be thinking over, crossover, plant. It's got to be in your mind that you're doing that technique, but your landmark, you, you're visualizing that. And then after that, it's uh, – what your mom and dad have conceived. I mean, it's, it's up to you to uh, – it's up to that. I mean, you either got it or you don't in the open field. I mean, you either got that wiggle or you got you don't have it. So, that, that's just the way it is. You can't teach that. This uh, first question is a joke, so you can take this as you will. But Smyrna, dog, Smyrna GA Dog asks, if uh, – Ask Coach if Michael Adams and Kevin Ramsey got in a fight who he'd root for. Just kidding. Ask him who the best defensive mind he ever coached with was and why. Uh, Michael Adams and Kevin Ramsey. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, anyhow, the best defensive mind that, I was, that I've ever been around, I'd say it's pretty close between uh, Kirby Smart and Bill Parcells. Pretty good company. That is good company. 
Uh, big old dog asked on about the defensive line. We touched on some of that. B Tech one asked about the offensive line. We touched on that. Uh, Steel Dog says, uh, Coach, you have some of the greatest wins that I've witnessed in my life. Auburn, LSU, Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee. Uh, what was the feeling after the Tennessee win when you finally got to be alone? And think about that accomplishment. Well, it was relief, you know, because we'd played so poorly against them. Uh, first year we were outmatched, but after that, we, you know, that's a good example. The best team doesn't always win. Uh, but it was very much relief because uh, we had the monkey on our back and we played a little tight in that game. But fortunately, Moose Smith came through for us after they took the lead and uh, made a couple of plays and then we threw a good pass there to Edwards. But it was definitely, it's kind of landmark for me because it's a hundredth victory that I'd had as a head coach, which I felt pretty good to get that many in 11 years coaching. So, uh, it's fun to remember that, but a lot of the players uh, here were happy too, and the fans, that's for sure. Well, Steel Dog was one of those. He says that he was driving to Chicago from Houston with his family, listening to that game on the radio. And while in Arkansas, uh, Georgia had won. He had to pull over to gather himself. Said he got to a hotel late in Little Rock and uh, got the family down to sleep and then watched the replay of the game on ESPN. He said he watched the whole game with no sound, so he didn't wake up his family and said it was one of the best sports moments of his life. And he thanked you. Well, so I wonder if he tore up the, the couch or anything like he did go first. So, uh, but hey, that's good. Appreciate the call. Uh, Bow Dog, at what point are they going to use Darnell Washington in the red zone, or could it just be that Stetson doesn't look his way? I think we got that for sure. I mean, we got a lot of myriad of stuff. Uh, you got to use him more, uh, get more targets to him. I hope this is the week, but he, he definitely – Feed Darnell. You got to do it more. Feed uh, I've been good. Says if UGA plays its A game, how many teams in the nation can beat them? I'd say right now you got Alabama, Ohio State. Uh, you know, it's going to be up for grabs against either one of them. Uh, maybe, maybe Minnesota now is coming on. I mean, they got a tremendous schedule. They don't have to play Ohio State or Michigan in the crossover. Uh, the toughest game is going to be Penn State. Uh, Michigan looks like they're a good team up there. Uh, but, I, I mean, it's too early right now. I don't see anybody threatening out of the Big 12. Maybe Southern Cal can develop, but they didn't look very auspicious against Oregon State last week. So, uh, I think you've got Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama are top three, and the rest of them are trying to catch let me sneak in a couple of these from YouTube and then we'll wrap a uh, question from guys says, coach. Why does it seem like so many receivers come up two yards short on crossing routes on third downs? Well, it's just dumb. I mean, uh, <laughs> you, you, know, you know where you're supposed to go. And uh, sometimes you get knocked off your route a little bit at the line of scrimmage and you lose your perspective. But like, again, like I said before, you got a landmark, but, I don't like crossing routes unless it's man coverage against zone because there's too many things that can happen to disrupt you. Uh, I like more down the stem, like we, the play of the game you said, where receiver's going to run a curl and, and find the area, and and he can he can definitely feel it a lot better if he's not running across the field. You know what I mean? So crossing routes are good against man, but uh, usually you'd rather run a more – zone-oriented route. Phil Rogers on Facebook. Coach Donna, would you double Luther Burden on Saturday? Just depends on how much you're using him. If he's hurting us, I would. But at this point, I think you just got to play regular football and adjust according to what their game plan is. You know, I think they're going to try to run the ball right at us and keep us off the field and try to make first downs and use clock up. That's what I'd do. Uh, let's wrap with that because we've already gone a bit over time. So thanks to the folks yeah, at UGAsports.com and Facebook and YouTube. Can I tell my joke? Oh, we have a joke. Yeah. Oh, we wait. This, this now, is put, the time for the joke, Coach. Wait or what? No, please go ahead. So this lady was taking this bath in this uh, luxury apartment and then looked out the window uh, about 15 floors up and there was a window washer out there and and so she kind of covered herself up, and the guy just kept washing the window. And she's a little bit perturbed because the guy's not looking at her because she's a nice-looking lady. And so finally she just exposed herself from the waist up, and the guy just kept on washing the window. And 
finally she just stood up and, you know, standing there and walked over to the window and stared at him. And finally he just reached the window up. He said, what's the matter, lady? said, not you ever seen a window watcher before? <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> there we go. I've got to keep the jokes clean on it, but that's a pretty good joke, all right. <laughs> I, I had no idea where that was going. Oh my god! I vote. Well, well, I get on that F. Way you guys reacted, I don't think it was that great. <laughs> I'm laughing, aren't I? That was a good I, one. I'm assessing Roddy's reaction. That's <laughs> like to me half of the the fun of your jokes is seeing what like Roddy's reaction. To it. Yeah, well, hey. well done. You know, when you sit around the house, you got to come up with something here. So, well, well done. Coach. Appreciate all the questions. Appreciate all the questions. And hey, we got a good team. We're gonna go. We're gonna be an ebb and flow year, and uh, it's easy to be critical, I'm sure. But uh, really, how good do we have? Seriously, how good do we have it here right now? Come on. Uh, yeah, two. I mean, I remember Jarvis Jones and. Isaiah McKenzie, people trying to save her bacon at Missouri. Now you're going in there's a twenty, you know, four touchdown favorites. So yeah, it, it's the golden age. But of course, you know, we find stuff to talk about. Uh, shout out to our sponsors: Athens Ford, Europe High, Classic City Eats, uh, Dead Soxy, Prime Shrimp, My Perfect Franchise, and Academia Brewing Company. We appreciate all of their support for our show. And we appreciate everybody that uh, dropped a question, let us know where they were watching it from, and who put a uh, uh, put in where they were watching. I mean, uh, who shared it with their friends that means a lot to us so thank you very much we will hey, see quickly you i just want to say i know we have loyal listeners down in florida a lot of people that like georgia down there uh stay safe with the storm this is nothing to to like play with so if exactly. you need stuff let us know that's a big deal i hope everyone stays safe we're thinking about you yeah we know why they don't call those hurricanes after uh, men don't you why never heard of a hemicane all right let's go <laughs> Yes. Okay. We're done. Bye. <laughs> See you guys next Tuesday. Take care.